0: Welcome back to Throne of Chaos. We are your hosts, Autumn and Kelsey, and today we will begin with Chapter 4 of Throne of Glass. As a disclaimer, we do not represent Sarah J. Mass or Bloomsbury Publishing. Our thoughts and
1: opinions are our own. So we begin this chapter with Selena finally falling into bed after being roughly bathed by servants and having the wounds on her back bound and dressed. Even though she was absolutely exhausted, she couldn't fall asleep. Her wounds throbbed and her face felt like it had been scrubbed to the bone. She runs her hands over the mattress in all of the freedom to do so. When Kale removed her shackles, she felt everything. The reverberations of the key turning in the lock of her irons, then again as they loosened and fell to the floor. She can still feel the ghost chains hovering just above her skin. It's sad thinking about how this isn't the last time she's going to be shackled in iron. Just throwing that out Mm -hmm. there. And you just hurt me. (laughs) I'm not ready to go there mentally. Also, the slaves of Endovia never have their irons and shackles removed. They're in them constantly. Yes. And she's so used to having them on that even when they're gone, she still feels them like a phantom limb on her. She thinks of how strange it is to lie on a mattress with the silk caressing her skin and a pillow cradling her cheek. She has only eaten soggy oats and hard bread for the past year, so she has forgotten what other foods tasted like, what a clean body and clothes could do to a person. It felt foreign. Though her dinner was unimpressive, she could only stomach a few forkfuls before she had to run to the bathroom to vomit. She tells herself her stomach will adjust. She would eat well in Rifthold, wouldn't she? Again, this is a testament to the conditions in the slave mines. They're obviously underfed. When they are fed, it's absolutely disgusting and she can only stomach a few forkfuls, even though the food isn't even great, because she's so malnourished.
0: Yes, and all I can think about is how similar Feyre and Selena are in this moment. They are both malnourished, unclean women who have been suffering for a long time prior to being pulled out of their current environment to help a prince slash high lord. However, they are reversed in the fact that Fayra grew up away from magic and was thrust into a world with magic, and Selena grew up in a world with magic and had it stolen from her. I think it's also kind of important to note that SJM is Jewish, and so these conditions and the way Selena's body currently is could almost be A a parallel to what the Jewish community went through when they were put into the concentration camps during World War II.
1: So her body had wasted away. She could see her ribs beneath her nightgown, showing bones where flesh and meat should have been. Her breasts, once well-formed, were now no larger than they'd been in the midst of puberty. She swallows down a lump that clogged in her throat. The softness of the mattress felt like it was smothering her, so she turned onto her back even though it is painful. Again, the description of her just wasting away mm-hmm. reminds me of Fayette after under the mountain where she can't stomach anything she can't keep it down and she's so emaciated pretty much she's lost all her muscles she's mm-hmm. skin and bones mm-hmm. and then it reminds me of when she's given the bed of when cassian's first given yes. a bed by reese's mother how it just feels foreign. you don't even know you don't even sleep good because you're so not used to that type of luxury
0: yes and this moment also kind of reminds me of how um a list comments on how skin and bones favor is while braiding her hair when she arrives into um, the spring court and i know a lot of people like to compare selena slash Aylin to nesta but i see so many comparisons between farah and elena slash
1: yes for sure their ties to their family for one they would do anything to absolutely their family yes um the way nesta treats her family Aylin would never, ever, ever in a million years have treated anyone in her family like that, no matter what she went through. And Aylin's been through 10 times as much stuff as Nesta's been through. So that comparison kind of makes me mad. Yes. So when she glimpsed her face in the mirror in the washroom, it was haggard. Her cheekbones were sharp, her jaw pronounced, her eyes slightly sunken in. She takes deep breaths, savoring the hope. She tells herself she will eat a lot and exercise. She can be healthy again. When she finally falls asleep, she's imagining outrageous feasts and regaining her former glory. The next morning, Kale comes to get her. She's sleeping on the floor, wrapped in a blanket. Sardopian, he says. She mumbles and buries her face further into the pillow. Why are you sleeping on the ground, he asks her. She notes he doesn't mention how different she looks now that she is clean. The bed was uncomfortable, she tells him simply, but quickly forgets about him when she takes in the sunlight. Pure, fresh, and warm, she could bask in it all day if she got her freedom. It would drown out the endless dark of the mines. Selena stretched out her hand to it, and in doing so, she noticed her hand, pale and almost skeletal. But there's something beyond the bruises and the cuts and scars that seem beautiful in the morning light. She runs to the window and throws open the curtains, nearly ripping them down. She took in the gray mountains, bleakness of endovia, the guards positioned beneath her window, not even bothering to glance up, and gapes at the bluish-gray sky. I will not be afraid, she tells herself. And for the first time in a while, the words feel true. So ordinary things that we all take for granted. Sunlight, for one, is different when you haven't had them in uh, over a year. Yes. And that's the first thing she even thinks of when she wakes up in the morning. Yes. She's literally worked for a year and hasn't seen the sunshine. They're in the mines before the sun comes up and are out of the mines when it goes down. Yes. And we can kind of see the power of like...
0: Hope actually hitting her on her, saying, I will not be afraid. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, it feels true. feels That real. she's not afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's important to note that I don't think she ever actually closes the curtains when she's living in the castle. Right. Because she's been without Sunlight. light for so long mm-hmm. that she can't even bear to not have it while she's living
1: in the castle. Right. Her mood was cheerful, jubilant, and it improved more when the servants braided her hair and dressed her in fine riding clothes, concealing her thin body. Selena loved clothes, loved the feeling of silk, of velvet, of satin, of suede, of chiffon. She was fascinated by the grace of seams and intricate perfection of the embossed surface. She tells herself that when she wins this ridiculous competition, when she is free, she can buy herself all the clothes she wants. The fact that she goes into mm. so much detail when describing clothes tells you how much she loves them. Um yes. And we see that throughout the whole series. Especially when we get back to
0: her closet in her yes. apartment
1: later on. Her vanity carries through to her
0: wardrobe for sure. Which is probably stems from the fact that she grew up a princess. Exactly. She's with she's a literal princess. With beautiful ball gowns. Like yes. she even had Adion beats someone up for getting dirt on her dress. Right. Because he knew it upset her.
1: So Kale, irked, finally drags her from the room after she stood in front of the mirror for five minutes admiring herself. She laughs at him, and the sunrise in the sky makes her want to dance and skip down the halls. However, once she enters the main yard, she falters as she takes in the mound of white rock at the end of the compound and sees the small figures going and coming out of the holes in the mountains. Her stomach clenches, and she averts her eyes from the prisoners. Work has started for the day and work would continue in her absence. So she kind of gets caught up in her new outfit, her having a bath, her hair being fixed. And then she is stepped back into reality of, oh, yeah, I'm still here. People are still suffering. and She feels guilty that they're still having to slave away while she gets her chance at freedom. I also think it's important that
0: beginning section of her dancing around and being so happy is like one of the few times we get to see her act her age like right. she's a young girl she like, had to grow up yes fast we get to see her kind of show her true character of being more lighthearted and hopeful for life and we get to see who she could have been if and enjoy life yeah mm-hmm. but yeah I think it says a huge amount about her character that she feels so guilty for taking the chance to get her freedom yeah because she knows she has to leave behind an entire prison of people who don't belong there. Right.
1: Her and the captain head for the caravan of horses, and three black dogs sprint to greet them. They are sleek and most likely from the crown prince's kennels. Selena bends down on her knee, her wounds protesting, and cups their heads and strokes their smooth fur. They lick her fingers and face as their tails slash the ground like whips. As a pair of black boots stop before her, the dogs immediately calm and sit. Selena lifts her eyes to find the crown prince studying her, he smiles a little in comments. How unusual for them to notice you. Did you give them food, he asks. I think it's important to note
0: a dog's senses. Like oh, for sure. Their instincts are very true. So it kind of says a lot about Selena's character as a whole. That, that they, they like
1: her right away. That they didn't even think about it. They immediately were drawn to her. Selena shakes her head no as the captain steps behind her, thinking of how easy it would be to disarm him. Are you fond of dogs, the prince asks her. She nods again, noticing how hot it already is outside. Am I going to be blessed with the pleasure of hearing your voice, or have you resolved to be silent for the duration of our journey? She answers, saying that his questions didn't merit a verbal response. Dorian bows low. Then I apologize, my lady. How terrible it must be to condescend to answer. Next time I'll try to think of something more stimulating to say. He turns on his heel, striding away, his dogs trailing him. Selena scowls after him, her frown deepening, when she sees Kale smirking. Sassy, sassy, sarcastic, Dorian. They are (laughs) two of a kind. As they bring her piebald mare, however, her unbearable urge to splatter someone across the wall lessens. As she melts, she can't believe she is actually leaving Endovir. All those hopeless months and freezing nights are now gone. She breathes deeply, imagining, and she knew that if she tried hard enough, she could fly from her saddle. That is, until she feels the irons clamp around her arms. Kel fastens her bandaged wrists into shackles, where a long chain leads to his horse. He mounts his black stallion, and she considers leaping from her horse and using the chain to hang him from the nearest tree. I mean, I feel kind of sad for her because she's, like, embracing her freedom and then chained.
0: stuck back to reality. I mean, I understand from a logical point of view of why he chained her because, yeah, if she had a chance, she was escaping on that horse and they would have never gotten her. Right. The company is rather large, 20 in total. The prince and Duke... Parrington ride behind two flag-bearing guards, followed by six royal guards behind them, and she describes them as dull and bland as porridge, but still trained to protect him from her. With the sun rising higher, there is one last inspection of their supplies, then they are off. As the walls loom closer, her blood throbs, thinking of the last time she had been this close to the wall. The crack of a whip sounds, followed by a scream. Selena looks over The near empty yard, knowing these slaves would never leave, not even when they died. Each week, a new mass grave was dug, and each week they are filled up. She becomes keenly aware of the three long scars down her back. She knows that even if she wins her freedom, even if she gets to live in peace in the countryside, her scars would remind her of what she had endured, and they would remind her that even if she got her freedom, others would not. So it's kind of mind-blowing,
1: like, they fill up a mass grave right. once sheer, a week. The sheer size of Endovir and the amount of people who are sentenced there, they bury people in mass each week and still have enough workers. Yes.
0: She faces Ford, pushing aside those thoughts as they pass through the wall. Within a few seconds, the gates are shut behind them. She is out. She shifts her hands in the shackles, noting the way the chain is attached to the captain's saddle. She's imagining how she can free herself when she senses the captain's attention. He stares at her beneath lowered brows and pursed lips. She drops the chains and shrugs. I just really wish she would have just, just one, just whacked them. <laughs> but I know they would have killed her for it, but I just have a dream for that moment. <laughs> the morning wears on and the sky becoming a crisp blue with hardly any clouds. They take the forest road and pass from the mountainous wastelands of Endovir to the countryside. By mid morning, they are within Oakwalled Forest, which serves as a continental divide between the civilized countries of the East and the uncharted lands of the West. Legends are still told of the people who dwell there, the cruel and bloodthirsty descendants of the fallen witch kingdom. Selena remembers a woman she once met from there, though she turned out to be both cruel and bloodthirsty. She was only human, and she still bled like one.
1: Into a uh, briar first mention of her i actually love that story in assassin's blade, blade and yes. how it comes back into play and in that all of these associations she made with people mm-hmm. comes to help her in the end i love whether
0: you read assassin's blade first as an actual prequel or if you read it later in the series you either recall hearing these mentions of these characters that you're now learning about or, if you've read it first, then you get to know that who is being referenced in these subtle ways throughout mm-hmm. the whole series. Like, Assassin's Blade is very much spread out throughout the entire right. eight books. And we should note that witches' blood is different from human blood in the fact that they bleed blue and not red. After writing in silence for hours, Selena tries to get some information out of Kale about the king's maneuverings saying, rumor has it that once the king is finished with the war against Gwendolyn, he'll begin colonizing the West, hoping that he would confirm or deny. The captain just looked her up and down, frowns, and then looks away. I agree, she sighs loudly. The fate of those empty, wide plains and those miserable mountain regions seem dull to me as well. He clamps his teeth, his jaw tightening. She asks if he intends to ignore her forever, and he says he didn't know he was ignoring her. Selena purses her lips, checking her irritation, not wanting to give him the satisfaction, and asks how old he is. So we should note that the king is currently fighting Wendelin, another continent, and hasn't yet touched the witch's kingdom. Is he scared of the witch's reactions, or is he just waiting until the wyverns are usable so that he can use the witches to help him?
1: Yeah, and I was wondering if we think the witches are already in play at this point. I think at this point, he's
0: already reached out to Baba Yellowlegs, yeah. and that's why he shows up in the next book. He has that carnival as a chance to speak with her. Yes, because he definitely has he alludes to least. it that he didn't get the chance to talk
1: with her like he wanted to. Right. So, Wendland will give a little bit of details. Honestly, there's not a whole lot of information out there about it, considering how important it is. It is a kingdom east of Aurelia. It's directly beside Doranel. They still have magic in their lands. They have fairies and fae that live there. It's ruled by House Ashriver. The current king is Glaston Ashriver, and his heir is Galen, and they are both demi-fae. And it describes them as, they have always been fair and just rulers, creating a kingdom of good. So their military is Galen Ashriver's armada. They're known for how famous their armada is, and it's currently outmaneuvering the king of Otterland. Ailyn's mother, Evelyn, and Glaston were siblings, so Adian's mother was also their first cousin, so they shared grandparents. It was founded by Queen Mab with her human mate, and she was Evelyn Glaston's and Adian's mother's grandmother, so she's Ailyn and Adian's great grandmother. And that's where we get the Ash River eyes, which are turquoise with a core of gold along with their golden hair, are both inherited from her. We obviously will get more detail in later books.
0: So, Selena has just asked Kale how old he is, and he replies, 22. She is so young, she exclaims, batting her eyelashes, hoping to get some kind of response. It only took you a few years to climb the ranks. He nods, asking her how old she is, 18. And when he says nothing, she continues, I know, it is impressive that I've accomplished so much at an early age. So we should note that all the characters are so young. And it honestly, it does not make sense to me that he is a captain at such a young age with so little experience. Like, the fact that Kane is his first ever kill and
1: he's a royal guard. Yeah. Like, well, it goes to show you... It's pretty much a name only. He's never had yeah. to actually. He doesn't use actually his title, do anything. Had to defend anything. I think the king was placating Dorian it's and like just nepotism. here. We'll give your best friend this a role, a role basically, and that's what he is. He's basically Dorian's glorified bodyguard with a title as the captain of the guard. That's not to say he doesn't have some
0: talent. No, for sure. But he's very inexperienced for such a
1: high position. Correct. He trains, and he's obviously good. Selena fights him. He can pretty much beat her at this stage because she's been out of practice. He's good. He practices. He works hard. I think he's good to the people that are below him. Yes. But he's not been tested, especially in battles, especially in when it actually matters so far.
0: Kale tells her that crime isn't an accomplishment. And she says, yes, but becoming the world's most famous assassin is. When he doesn't respond, she says, You might ask me how I did it. He replies and says, Did what? Became so talented and famous so quickly. I don't want to hear about it. Those are not the words she wanted to hear. You're not very kind, she said through her teeth. And if she was going to get under his skin, she'd have to push a lot harder. You're a criminal. I'm captain of the Royal Guard. I'm not obligated to bestow any kindness or conversation upon you. Be grateful we don't keep you locked up in the wagon. Yes, well, I'd wager you're rather unpleasant to talk to, even when you're bestowing kindness upon others. When he fails to respond yet again, Selena feels a bit foolish. After a few minutes, she tries again asking if he and the crown prince are close friends. He tells her that his personal life is none of her business. She finds out that he is well-born, a lord, and taunts by calling him Lord Kale Westfall. But he tells her not to call him that again. He is not given the title. She pries, trying to find out why, asking a scandal, a deprived birthright. He squeezes his lips together so tightly, they turn white. Honestly, I thoroughly enjoy how good she is at
1: ag- aggravating him. Agreed. She's from the very beginning, doing everything she can to get under his skin, and he... Is an easy target.
0: Yes. And also, all we know about Kel is that he's a lord, but we should note that actually a lord is just a general term for a wide variety of nobility rankings, mm-hmm. so we don't actually know what Kill's true rank is supposed to be.
1: I think she can suspect that he's obviously of noble birth because of him being captain of the Royal Guard. How he got to where he is at such a yes. young age- bit nepotism there?
0: Um, just a little bit. But what is being the Lord of Aniel? It's not actually a true title. So he's just a random title. What do you mean by that? So in terms of ranking, it actually goes Duke, Marquise, Earl, Viscount, and Baron. But all of those can be addressed as a lord.
1: Oh yeah. But we, we know his father is a landowner. But they just call him Lord of con- Aniel. Right. But he has land kind of like a Leeds Lady of Perant, at least in this universe, not necessarily in the world. I think the Lord titles more of land owning and you have property True. in True. this continent. So speaking of Annie L, it is
0: known as the city on the Silver Lake. It is a city located in Adderland and it's ruled by Hale's family, House Westfall. So it's a foreboding city nestled between the White Fang Mountains and the Oak Walled Forest. It's built almost into the side of the mountainous wall that borders it and the city extends from the mountains across the plains to the southern border of the Silver Lake and to the Western Falls. Since blocked off by a dam that was put in place by people to prevent flooding of the plain before the city, beyond the flat plain lies the Oak Walled Forest. Being so close to the White Fangs, Anniel is perpetually cold and overcast place, constantly plagued by winter winds and
1: snow year-round. Sounds like my worst nightmare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Truly. And
1: also, it explains Kel's icy personality. (laughs) And his father that he had to grow up with. It Honestly, for Game of Thrones fans, I would say it's like Winterfell a little bit, but at least they get some seasons. It reminds me of the wall that they stand on. It's just icy, frigid. We know that the castle's pretty much crumbling because his father's a cheapskate and doesn't put any money into it. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds like it matches its lord and is a miserable place to be.
0: Uh, Yeah, it sounds like the place I would least likely want to live in all of this universe. Absolutely. So, Selena tries again, and he threatens to gag her. She staffles a laugh and asks him if he's married. He says no, and she says she's not married either. His nostrils flared. How old were you when you became captain of the guard? He grips the reins of his horse and responds, 20. The party halts in a clearing and the soldiers dismount. Kale unhooks her chains and yanks it, motioning for her to dismount. He informs her that they have stopped for lunch. So, side note, I find it ironic that SJM
1: basically makes all the characters obsessed with marriage. Mm -hmm. But never gives us a wedding. Never. Across three series. It's always done in the dead of night, in the secret. Yeah. We might get a Nesta Cassian wedding. No, she's probably just going to tease us <laughs> that one, too. And really, true, like, she just loves to talk about marriage, but she doesn't ever give us a wedding. Okay, so thoughts on the chapter? They finally leave Endovir. My favorite part is the prince's hounds. Um, yes. And we can draw some comparisons between Dorian's hounds versus Iris's hounds. Yes, and there's also the hounds that the Dagling used in the wild hunt. True. There's a lot of mentions of hounds.
0: And the word hounds. Did you mention the word hounds? No. So, yeah, we also have the word hounds that are the stone statue guardian
1: gargoyle things on the top Mm -hmm. of the clock tower. We know they're vow creatures, and they honestly remind me of the hound thing. The hounds the underking.
0: The underking cast, and also uh, the ones under... um, That are carved into the side of human
1: city. Yeah. But with the King's Hound, it's one of the Princes of Hell's beings that he left on Midgard. Thanatos' Hound that he left on Midgard as his... Guardians. Guardians or his link to that realm to kind of see what was going on. That reminds me of the word hound for sure.
0: Yes. And so this is a comparison of Eris' hounds specifically to Dorian's hounds who are black, kind of like hunting hounds.
1: Sleek and black, yeah.
0: Yes. So Eris's hounds are described as, and this is a quote from Chapter 7 of A Court of Silver Flames. Those hounds were the best in Prithian, canines blessed with magic of their own. Gray and sleek like smoke, they could race fast as the wind sniff out any prey. They were so highly prized that the autumn court forbade them from being given or sold beyond its borders, and so expensive that it that only its nobility owned them. And they were bred rarely enough that even one was extremely difficult to come by. Eris Cassianu had twelve. And so we know that Dorian's hounds are prized hounds as right. well, but they're nowhere near as... Magical as right.
1: irises. There's, irises are specifically bred for that. They have magic. They're yes. fae hounds.
0: I almost feel like they could be related to the bloodhounds, but they're not actually
1: shifters like the bloodhounds are. Right. The dreadwolves. Dreadwolves. Yes. Post-op. Yeah. Yes. I love, love, love how much Selena annoys Kale in this chapter. <laughs> she knows exactly what she's doing. She's purposefully trying to get under his skin, and it's working. I. Just truly appreciate <laughs> how much she messes with him. We also learn that Kale is 22. He has been the captain of the guard for two years. So he was 20 when he became captain. We know he is well-born, most likely Lord Westfall. But for some reason, he doesn't claim that title. He doesn't want that title. He gets mad when she calls him that. We also get our first mention of of the Witch Kingdom. Well, we also get a mention of Ansel of Briarcliff, even though she doesn't talk about her outright. And we also learn about Finland a little bit.
0: Yeah, so we are getting deeper into the world and expanding our knowledge.
1: Please like and subscribe to our podcast on whatever listening platform you are using. And if you enjoyed it, please consider ranking us five stars. You can reach out to us with any questions or concerns at throneofchaospodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at Throne of Chaos Pod. We would love to talk to you about anything and everything Sarah J. Mass over there. Thank you so much for listening.